Okay, Rabbi Sai, we're here for Divrei Hesped, for Marenu, Rabbeinu, Harava, Goin, Sara, Toiro, Chaim, Kinyevsky, Zecher, Tzadok, Kodesh, Lebroch. The Gemara says in Shabbos, in Avkuf HaYomid Beis, scary Gemara, Om Rabbi Yehuda, Marav, Kol Mesatzel, Bespedo, Shalchochom, Eino, Marach, Yom. If a person is Mesatzel, in the Hespid of a Chochem, he's not Mairach Yomim. I don't know what that means. Is that referring to the Masbid? Is it referring to the people coming to the Hespid? I don't know. Then Rabbi Yudah Marav says, Kol Mesatzel, Bespedo Shal Chochem, Roy L'Koiv Roy B'chayev. He's Roy to be buried, um, to be buried alive, Rachman al-Islam. And um, Avada, this warrants understanding its very harsh words by Chazal about a person who is misatzel in the Hesped of a Chochem. I also don't know why this halach is up or down in Shulchan Aruch. It's only quoted by the Rambam. And the Shach mentions it in Simon Shin Mem Dalad and Yeridea, but for some reason it's not quoted in Shulchan Aruch. I don't know why. Some Sefer in his Pirish on Mesech Shabbos says the following. Um, he explains what the Pshat is in the name of his Rebbe, the Haflor. He says that the Gemara says in Shabbos in the Peiches, the famous, famous Gemara, we spoke about it a lot over Purim. The Gemara in Shabbos brings a raya from the fact that the mountains were moving. So he says, that that's referring to the fact that a person has to be machshiv Torah Shavu Peh. Torah Peh has to be considered extremely important. Extremely important. So Chochom, the Yikra of a Chochom is that the Chochom is the person who explains to us the Torah Shavu Peh. So a person is misatzel in a Chochom who is the source of Torah Shavu Peh so then that person is going to hit those mountains that the Gemara says that took place in Shabbos and Pechas. Very scary. And then he continues and says that's why Kairach was buried alive. Because Kairach was fighting Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu represented Torah Shabbal Peh. And since Moshe Rabbeinu represented Torah Shabbal Peh, so therefore he fought Torah Shabbal Peh. And therefore he was buried alive. That's what Shab Seifer says. Okay, so that um, uh, that's a scary hakdama, scary hakdama. So we're going to try our best, and try our best. And truth be told, I would not have really said a hesped tonight, but a number of people in Shul asked me if I would please say a hesped, and I uh, I said I would, uh, I would try try my best, try my best. Okay, so the first thing is you have to understand the following. The world is no longer doymet to what it was. In Yiddish, the Veltel That means Reb Chaim is no longer alive. And with that, his Torah is no longer here. I'm not talking about his Svarim are no longer here. Of course his Svarim are here and his Svarim will always be here. But that person, that human being, 
who is connected to Torah Shebaal Peh, he's not here. He's not here. He's not here. So the world's not the same world. Okay, so I, I, I thought that maybe a way to be masbid Rebchaim would be through his svarim. So Rebchaim wrote a number of svarim. One of the svarim he wrote is Orchas Yesha. Orchas Yesha is a, is a Musa sefer written by Rebchaim. And um, he has a number of chapters here. Kedar Koy Bakoydesh, he has 22 chapters based on the olive base. So I like to read from Perik Choftes. Perik Choftes is his Perik on Torah. He says like this: Yesh Bachurim, there are Bachurim in Yeshiva who think that uh, the Torah to learn Torah it's an easy thing to do. It's And once they see that it's not easy, they give up. They give up. They give up. And then Miyayish. And then Miyayish. Then Miyayish. It's hard to learn, they give up. Say the Chaim like this. It's not true. I very rarely say over anything from my father, Vashalom, on learning. My father, Vashalom, used to tell me that Torah Mateshes Koychel Shaladam, that Torah weakens a person that's only Lechatchila. After you learn Torah, it doesn't weaken you any longer. It's only Lechatchila. That's the pshat in the Gemara and Bar-Metziah. The Rishlakish could not jump over the river any longer. It's only, only the Chachila, because the uh, Rugged Shavah said on himself that he was strong, so the Natar is not Matesh Shekrechai. He says, only the Chachila. So Zakar B'chaim like this. It says, uh, it's, uh, I want to read to you a, a few of the things that, that B'chaim says about Torah. Ein divrei Torah miskaimim. Torah doesn't stay by a person. But Misha Marpa Asma Yoleyam. And not by those people who learn mitachidun, mitachachilu, shtiyah. It has to be a, a level of memes atzmei aleim. Umetzar gufay tomit. Balayitin sheina leinov. And yememayitin sheina. Ve'aroitza liya yisalmei chocham amiti. Tzorach lishkat habri ala tayra. V'lumay basmada. That's what you have to do. Then he's like this. He says, the people who succeed in learning Torah are not the Bali Kishrei. Are not the Bali Kishrei. But they're a clout. Not, not, not that a person who's blessed with great intellect will not succeed. But, but they're a clout, those are not the people who succeed. The people who succeed are the people of the Masmidim. Masmidim. And he says like this. He says, um, a person who is Ruggel, Lasek B'Torah, he has Gewaldika Simcha and Gewaldika Gvura. Gewaldika Simcha and Gewaldika Gvura. A person who is Margul to learn Torah Vasmada, Meshach Zman, within a period of time, he neha hergul, will help him. His Teva will change. His Teva will change. Torah is compared to Shemen. What did it say about Shemen? At the end it's Mosuk. It's not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy. 
Somebody who's an action. What's a good word for action? Stubborn person, he's the person who's matzliach. He's the person who's matzliach. Uh, so, if you go through this parak, it's these two pages on Torah, uh, which I say, you know, it's a description of Abchayim. He was besimcha. He had incredible kaiches. Incredible kaiches. He was mamait and shino. Incredible, incredible. It's possible that he had more information of Torah stored in his mind than any, I'm not going to say anybody ever had in the history of the world, but, but, but there was just more information for him to know. There was more information for him to know. And, 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 he, and he knew it, what should we say? He knew it. He knew it. It's very unusual to, I mean, I've never heard of it. I asked his son. His son told me that uh, it's true, that he, is a, that he makes a see him. He made a see him every year of Pesach on Babli, Yushalmi, Sifri, Sifri. This is what I told him. Is it true that he made a see him on Babli, Yushalmi, Sifri, 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 He said, yeah, 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 but you left out Tanakh, he told me. A man who uh, you know that, that was a seam he made on everybody. He was a bachor, and he he made a seam on I don't know what you call it, call it terakula. Okay, so what does that do with us? What does that do with us? Let's be realistic. Is it possible for a person, whatever age anybody is in this room, to to end up becoming Rebbeim Kineski and know what he knows? I I don't think so. I don't think so. So what's what's negatos? What's Nagea? What's Nagea is that if a person pushes himself within the proper Givulim, so a person can grow. A person can grow. I spoke to somebody today, I'm not going to mention his name, who was one of the founding members of the show. He told me, he called me today from Eretz Yisrael, he told me he's about to finish Tafiyemi for the third time. If I would have said to him, and he would have said to me, when I first met him 34 years ago, that one day you're going to finish Shas three times, it, we both would have thought it was uh, way in the middle of the afternoon of Purim. He put his mind to it. He was in action. And he was Matzliach. He was Matzliach. It's a pell. It's a pell. Okay, but I'm not here to talk about this only. I want to say something else. Two other things I want to say. Chaim <coughs> also has a peric here on Anova. On Anova. Peric Chav Beis. In the Sefer. Listen how Chaim now. Uh, listen what he says about Anova. Ain't lecha mida toiv avaylam kanova. It's the best mida. Anova. Anova. Anybody who's mashpil himself, Hakadosh Baruch Hu is magbihoy. And the Torah is not miskayim only by people who are anovim. Gaiva cause a person to forget his limud. by anybody who's arrogant. I would like to say I'm only reading you three lines from, an, from again from two pages. 
These three lines are made that Rav Chaim was an onuv. Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. The man spoke twice a year for five minutes. You can't call him an orator. You can't call him a baldarshan. Twice a year for five minutes. The man never had a stella. He never had a stella. It, 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 it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And most of the svarim that he wrote, especially the Chatkila, were, were not initially, uh, you know, bestsellers. What happened? Why did everybody... You ever went to his house? We went to his house in Journey of Torah eight times. I went to his house. I was there to see Rav Chaim. I don't know. I made a cheshvah. I don't know. My grandson was asking me. Maybe 30 times. You ever walked in there when it wasn't packed? You ever walked in there when, when, when if you didn't have somebody guiding you through the doorways, you couldn't get in? Going up the steps? You know, when I first went 30 years ago... 35 years ago, 40 years ago, you could, you could get it, that's, but that's what it was by anybody. Yeah, you can go to Rav Shach, had an appointment, went to the Saipa, had an appointment, went to Arnold Yishtab, had an appointment, went to Rabbi Asher, had an appointment. You know, but then, towards the end, it was but Rav Chaim. It was Rav Chaim. And anybody in Klal Yisrael, any type of Yamukha, any type of neighborhood, any type of Ashkrafa, when they had an issue, they wanted to find somebody who would get their name into Rav Chaim. Somebody came to me, one of the primary reasons for giving a hesper tonight, somebody came to me and said he was the gadol of all the Kal Yisrael. He wasn't the gadol only one segment of Kal Yisrael. The pictures that I saw at 5 o'clock in the morning when I got up for the Levaya was people wearing white yarmulkes, people wearing knitted yarmulkes, people obviously Hasidish and obviously Litvish. And everybody was there, whatever the numbers are, anywhere between 300,000 and a million people were there. And that's because the army and the, and the police told people to stay away, and many people stayed away, and there was incredible control at the, uh, at the Leviathan. What, what was everybody doing there? Obviously, he must have been an honor. Ain't a term is game, it's all about Novim. What term is game, it's all about Novim. Now, in this Sefer, my son, Rabbi Shmuel Kohn, pointed out to me in the Hagdama, Rav Chaim writes like this. He says, uh, he quotes Rashi in Brachas and Daflamid Beis, that Dalek Borm Trichim Chizuk, she is Chazik Pem Tomid, a person has to always work on himself in these things. Ukvar Asu Kol Gedali Yisrael, Sifrei Musa, that's why people always wrote Sifrei Musa. What are the things? Taira, Maisim Toivim, Tila and Derech Eretz. Dr. Chaim like this. Ba'af she'eni roi loyma musal acherim. I'm not right to write a musal sefer. Kvarimu chazal. Listen to the way a person is writing here. Kshayt ba'atzmecho b'yachak kshayt ba'acherim. First work on yourself and you can work on others. I'm not right. He says, Maisa, I'm not writing anything on my own. I'm only, it's only a likut. Mikomakam kivun she'enkan mishali rak likut. So therefore it's okay. And then Rechaim does what many great people in history have done. It's a play on words. So like this. Vyalta stakel 
the Oimroi. Don't look at the person who's saying these things. Only look at the things that are being said. Don't look at me. That's a play on the words of which is Then he says, And then he says like this, Also playing words. And since maybe I'll be Mazaka, other people that will help me as well. That will help me as well. Okay. So we have Torah, which obviously we're going to say we're talking about Ruchayim. We have enough. Okay, now Ruchayim is the only present day Godel who, before he died, they wrote a book about his wife. I don't even know another girl that wrote a book about his wife. He wrote a book about his wife. And as Askoma, <coughs> it's a Kowodetsky who was just here, and from Rukhaim. I've heard you're publishing a book about the Rebetzin. It will surely be benefit with Hashem's help, to inculcate fear of heaven, good character, because the Rebetzin, the whole Hashem was unique and was crowned with all good character traits to an amazing degree, and especially with the trait of patience. Okay, so you're asking on this book. Okay, so I'm, I'm therefore I'm, I, want, I would like to read through the book a number of different things that it says in this book about the type of husband he was and about the type of relationship that he had with his wife. Okay, here we go. I know this may not be a standard hesped on the prime, but we're not a standard show. So let's let's see what we can learn from this. Okay, now, if you're ever in Ruchayim's house, he had a room that was called the Cheder HaSvarim. That's where he was learning. That, at the end, that's where he was Makabal people, then he had another room on top. Anyways, he, whenever he was engrossed in learning, you know, he, you, you know, Ruchayim was engrossed in learning, you know, many things would happen he wouldn't hear. So, once he became... Once he became aware that his wife was in the room, he stopped learning and gave her his complete attention. I don't know how long it took him to be aware that she was in the room. It doesn't say that. But once he was aware, he stopped doing everything he was doing. Okay, fine. Now, she woke up every morning at 2.30 a.m. as the Reb Chaim. And they would drink tea together at 2.30 a.m. Okay, and she would speak to her husband at that time. She would speak to her husband at that time. Okay. Now, here's, what, here's the first thing I want to tell you. This, by me, this is a, a pal. Um, the rabbitson went away. Yeah, she had to go somewhere, on Hassan or whatever it was. Yeah, Hassan. So after uh, davening, Reb Chaim asked the, the, the driver who used to drive the rabbitson around, Reb Shai Epstein, he said, did the rabbitson come home yet? He said, yeah, she came home. She arrived in Shul right before Meirav. So what does Rechaim say to the driver? I wish I would have known that she was in Shul before Meirav. This is Rechaim Kinevsky, okay? Because every time she isn't nearby, I'm concerned about her well-being. And I can't be focused on my davening and my learning as well. So had I known she was in Shul for Meirav, I would have davened the better Meirav. You hear that? Okay. Now, 
The Rebbe sent a breakfast together with Rechaim every single day, right after Shachris, which was after, which was by Nets. The main meal was lunch. Rechaim and the Rebbe would eat that meal together with the children in the Cheder Ha Svarim, because that was the only room they had that was big enough. The kitchen was only big enough for two people. So breakfast, he and the Rebbe said, ate in the kitchen. There was no room for anybody else. Lunch, they ate with their children. And supper, and supper, they would uh, eat back in the kitchen, which was only the two of them. They did this every day, all three meals. And they would discuss questions regarding children and grandchildren. And then she would ask him the questions that she had from her Kabbalist call that day. Family members tried not to interrupt them during these meals. I'm not asking anybody the question. Anybody here eat three meals a day with their wives? Okay, just leaving it as that. Okay, now. Anybody here as busy as Rebchayim? Okay, just, uh, I understand. I understand. Every, we're all different. I understand. I appreciate that. One day, the Rebbe didn't come home for breakfast. So, um, Where's Ima? He asked his son. So the son said that Ima is talking to somebody, and, and, she, and she has to finish talking to him, which was a very, very rare occurrence, so she didn't come home for breakfast. So Chaim told his son uh, that he was worried. If the Rebetzin didn't eat with him, she wouldn't end up eating at all, which would not be healthy for her. So please go tell her I'm waiting for her to eat breakfast. You hear a relationship going on here? Relationship going on. When she left the house, whenever she had to go away, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. She had to go to a chasan or whatever it was. Uh, Reb Chaim would accompany her down the steps and all the way to the car to fulfill the mitzvah of Levoya. That's what Reb Chaim did. Okay. And then finally, listen to this. This is like a... Every Friday morning, this went on for years, every Friday morning, Reb Chaim in his house... Ritzvah Zilbashim would come, and Ritzvah Zilbashim would ask him all the shilas. Ritzvah Zilbashim is his brother-in-law, and he would come. There was a kvias every Friday morning, and the Rebetzin would serve coffee and some cake. Now, one morning, uh, Reb Chaim made a quick siyam on several mesechtas before they started learning. Okay? And then she came in with coffee and cake, and she came in with an extra large glass that she had never used before that was sold with coffee for Reb Chaim. In front of Ritzik Zilberstein, she said the following. This is very interesting also. This is the way she referred to her husband. She called him Chaim. Okay, that was his name. She called him Chaim. Chaim, the reason I brought in such a large glass is that you deserve extra coffee today because you made us see him. I'm so proud of you. You hear what's going on here? Chaim smiled and thanked her. Later, the Rebbe explained to Rabbi Avro that she served Rabbi Chaim the large glass of coffee and praised him because it is very important for people to hear complimentary words from others. It is particularly incumbent upon a wife to always praise her husband. Since it's my <coughs> obligation as a wife to compliment Rabbi Chaim, I usually do so in private. But occasionally, I made it a point to praise him in public. Then she added, the word a wife uses to praise her husband are the most precious words she will say in her life. There is never a situation where one spouse 
gives another too much praise. Okay, what, what, what's, what's going on here? Does Rechaim need praise? Rechaim can ask, does he, need, does he need praise? What's the answer? Yes. That's what it says here. He doesn't want anybody else to give him a gans of praise over here and in front of a dinner and, and after he speaks in front of 5,000 people, which he never did. His wife gave him praise. It's, 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 it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. One more Misa, and then I have a suffix. Let me just say one more Misa. Um... <clears throat> It's, it's unbelievable. Um, she had to go to the hospital. She had to go to the hospital. Um, she needed to be hospitalized several, for several days. So Rechaim, when Rechaim was in the hospital, she didn't leave the hospital for two weeks. They set up a mechitza in the room because they made a minion for Rechaim and she died behind the mechitza. She didn't leave the hospital for two weeks. Okay. Now she's going to the hospital. So she tells Rechaim, you stay home. Don't come. And, and, and two of our daughters are going to accompany me and they're going to take care of me in the hospital. Chaim said, no, no, I want to go to the hospital. Until the Rebetzin told him, listen, if you stay home and learn, it will be the big, biggest chus to me that you come. You stay home and learn, and I'll get a refuge. Okay. The next day, Chaim came to visit her in the hospital. She repeatedly thanked him for staying at home. She told him that she felt better. It was probably because of the merit that Chaim's extra learning that she got better so quickly. Then Rechaim came back to the hospital. The Rebison said like this, Chaim, you ready for this? Chaim, thank you so much for coming to visit me. I'm so happy that you still remembered me. I thought if I went to the hospital, you would completely forget about me and get engrossed in your learning. However, I feel guilty that I'm causing you a bit of time. So Rechaim told his wife, I mean, this is what it puts in the book here. I'm mean, just reading it from the book. <coughs> Bacheva, I really miss you and wish you were home. I also want to tell you that when you aren't at my home, my, when you aren't at home, my learning and davening are not on the same level. That's what Chaim Kinevsky said. My learning and davening are not on the same level when you're not home. <coughs> and when you do hear at home, my learning and davening will be better. Okay, now I don't know. Okay, I can't. I just want now. I just want to tell you one thing that happened. Rechaim's okay. Rechaim's black beard turned gray, then white at a relatively young age, making him look older than he was. During the early stages of a pregnancy, the Rebbetzin was traveling with Rechaim on a bus. Rechaim, who was only four years older than the Rebbetzin, saw that there was only one seat available. So who should sit in the seat? Who should sit in the seat? So he gave it to his wife. And he stood next to her with an open safer. Okay, so Chaim was able to learn on the bus. He could learn anywhere. He's learning with an open safer. During the trip, someone comes over to Revison and screamed at her. How can you sit and let your father stand? Okay. The whole thing here is just, uh, you know, it's it just, it not, what was it, what, what's this Nagev? What's this Nagev for? It's Nagev for us to understand the following. Reb Chaim was a Sarhatur. He was a Sarhatur. There's nothing to say. That's, when I grew up, 
I never heard that expression by anybody. Not Ramosha, not Rabbi Yankov, not Rabbi Rudiman, not Rabbi Shach, not, not, not Rabbi Aaron Leib, not, not Rabbi Yashiv, not Rabbi Shabbazam. I never, Rabbi Yashiv, you ever heard the expression Saratara? Never heard the expression Saratara? Never heard the expression Saratara. Let's conclude, Rabbi Say. Let's understand something here. We have a man who's a giant. A giant who is indescribable. He's indescribable. A man who's an honor. He's indescribable. Rabbi Man said over at the Hespit that he used to ask Rabbi Chaim on the first day Sukkot, which was, which was the yard site of his wife, can, can, uh, can the Rebbe say something about his Rebbe's? And those people who know, when you went into Reb Chaim, except for one time when we went on a journey of Torah, two or three, Reb Chaim never hesitated. He asked him a question. When you finished the question, he gave you an answer. We had a question once in Gemara Brachas, and the guy who told us it took him eight seconds to answer, like he couldn't believe it. So the old man said, that he asked, say something about the Rebbe, and he would not answer right away, he thought. So he said over, I want to say a shvach about the Rebbe, that she was asking him to marry me. What did he mean? I don't know what he meant. I can't tell you what he meant. But I can tell you one thing for sure. It was Adam Godel who understood, who understood that without his wife, he wouldn't have gone anywhere. Or he wouldn't have gone where he got to. So there's a limit here, obvious. There's Torah, there's Torah, and there's another, and there's an incredible relationship between a husband and a wife. Because he was also a husband. He was also a father. And the grandfather. I'm going to take an extra minute here because I, uh, I, I had to stop here. <laughs> Let me just like one extra minute. I said this over, but I, I, now I, I, I think I appreciate it even more. He wrote a sefer called Karni Chagovim, right? Karni Chagovim means the horns of grasshoppers. I asked two people in the Cheshire Mishpah who, as I know, they're the two biggest Bikiyim in Svarim I ever met in my life. I said to them, have you ever come across a Sefer on Chagovim? Both of them said, absolutely not. Okay, I've been around for 34 years, almost 34 years. I know dozens and dozens and dozens of Rabbonim in, in, in the United States and around the world. I can guarantee you that not one of us ever got a Shailon Chagovim, ever. Nobody ever asked a Shailon Chagovim. Nobody got asked a Shabbat Chagov. So Rabbi Yashiv is saying that when they told him over the famous Misa, whatever the versions of the story are, but everybody knows he wrote a Sefer on Chagovim and a grasshopper appeared on his windowsill and jumped onto his desk and they offered beforehand to bring him a grasshopper from the museum. The museum was masking, but the, he said in formaldehyde it's not going to work for the Shiley he and the grasshopper. So the grasshopper appeared and jumped onto his thing and there's a whole bunch of Isophis and my mom was in my house. He told me that Isophis was that they sat over this Misa at a, uh, at a Kirov seminar in Eretz Yisrael. What's the Kirov organization? What's one of the famous? Arachim. What? Arachim. They sat over a Kirov organization, Arachim. And they sat over this story. So a professor is there. So a professor goes over to the guy and says, story. He says, listen, Chavidi. You want to make the Makarabas fine? Don't tell us these fairy tales. Come on. It didn't happen. It, 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 it. So Leon told me that the Revis and Kanievsky told him the story. So the professor went home after the Arachim session. His whole house is full of grasshoppers. His whole house is full of grasshoppers. He calls an exterminator. Nothing helped. So somebody told him, you know, maybe you should go to Reb Chaim. So he ran to Reb Chaim, and he asked uh, for Mechila. Reb Chaim says, garnish, is garnish, is garnish. And he went home, all the grasshoppers disappeared. Okay, you know, that's like a, you know, it's a cool story in Gavaldic, and it's murdered. I want to tell you something I finally realized. 
You know what the biggest pillar of this whole Maisa is? That there was a man alive who just died this week who wrote a safer on Chagavim. That's a bigger pellet than the grasshopper jumping down as the grasshopper is going to the person's department. Whatever happened, it's all givaldic. And it's nothing to do with the fact that we have a person alive who wrote a safer on Chagavim. Ramesh Zetzal said, when I was a bachar in Long Beach, was a, an elder bachar, a man in his 50s or 60s, his pride in life was he wrote a safer on Meiser. So he brought to Ramesha Zatal, and Ramesha said, Ichab came on Nishkazen, a safer from the Achrein of Meiser. I didn't see a safer, a complete safer on Meiser. Except for the safer that I wrote, that was lost. Nobody can say a safer on Chagovin. Nobody wrote a safer on Chagovin. We're talking about a person that was so unusual. He was so incredible. He was an honor. He was an honor. And he said, so many different ways that he got to where he got because what Chazal say. Chazal say you get to where we get because we have a we have a we have a we have a wife who helps us get there. As I began, I hope I wasn't Miss Atzel in the Hespit of a Godel. Hope I wasn't Miss Atzel. Every time I walked into Reb Chaim, I felt I should get out as quickly as I walked in because every second that I take away from him, I'm taking away from his learning. That's how he felt. Not that he gave such an impression. I sat down, he smiled many times. But uh, I want to end. I said this myself the other day, I just want to repeat it. But... Uh, it was once at Reb Chaim's house, 11 o'clock at night. Somebody was very sick in the family, and I happened to be in there to show for a chassan for just a few days, and I was able to get into Reb Chaim at 11 o'clock at night. I got 11 o'clock at night, and there was about 12 people, or 15 people there with their rov. And they were all in the room, Reb Chaim was sitting at the head of the table, and everybody walked over to give shalom to Reb Chaim. They had one hat. And as the guy got close to Reb Chaim, they passed the hat, he put on the hat, and the other guy snapped the picture. It was like coordinated, snapped the picture, passed the hat, snapped the picture, passed the hat, snapped the picture. So about 12, 15 guys, and now we did nothing, and I'm sure that most people thought that Chaim didn't notice what's going on, and whatever, this and that. You know, a bunch of very nice people, you know, when they do, you know, Baal people, all clean shaven, and, and, okay, and they all left the room, they finished, and I walked over to Chaim to say, uh, you know, whatever it is about this chayla. So before I said a word, he looks up and he grabs my beard and he pulls me down. He says, Ayid! Ayid! They thought that he didn't know what was going on over there with the hat and the pictures and the hat and the pictures and the hat and the pictures. He knew everything was going on. He knew everything was going on. When he said something, it was the biggest moment of pleasure in my life that Chaim Kirievsky called me Ayid. Like I was, I was, I was flying. I was flying. I'm telling you because Reb Chaim understood what was going on. He really understood what was going on. What he said, what he did, how he did, and how he didn't, and what he that, that, that's, uh, that. Okay, so try to figure out what's going on in his life and take lessons. So at the end of the day, Rabbi Sai, I said before, the fourth time of speaking this week, take, make a Kabbalah, another few minutes a day, not a few hours a day, another few minutes a day to the, you know, maybe the show, somebody wants to come up with an idea, maybe the show should finish something for Reb Chaim. should finish something for Reb Chaim, maybe Reb Mishnah. I don't know, somebody come up with an idea. 
A good idea, we'll talk about it. We should finish something, but by the time Shleishim is over, for Rechaim. We should finish. We should be Zeichar, I say. We should be Zeichar. It's, it's, it's not a Pasha of Matzav. It's not a Pasha of Matzav. You know, Rechaim's Torah was making a Matzav, the Gantz of Elk. There's no Shail about it. No Shail about it. What should I say? Not the same to go to Shvel, not to be able to go into Rechaim. He was Zeichar. At the last week of his life, he was Nifta on. Friday, on Sunday, he signed a letter that went around the world that people should learn on Purim. I spoke to the Gavayim. It sounds like that could have been the last thing he signed, or the last public thing he signed. And we, we, were, we were involved in it. We sure was involved in it. Tremendous chus. Tremendous chus. We should all be zeichet to, to take and to take and to take and to take and to grow and to grow and to grow and to grow. We don't become Rav Chaim, we won't become Rav Chaim, but we should become as big as we can become. We should be zeichet to uh, appreciate the relationship that we have with our spouses. Hatzlacha Rabbah to everybody. Anybody wants to have a have a right now. Kol to Rabbah Thank you all for coming.